Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Gents, boys, and girls, welcome to Tales with Tierra. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. And a little foggy here this morning. I've been doing, I've been uh, watching, well, I've been watching the playoffs, but I don't know if I mentioned on here, but I've been analyzing the Oilers games, breaking them down uh, the day after, the morning after, with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick. Uh, those guys are on TSN out in, out in Edmonton, out west. But uh, we do Rashog's podcast called Got Your Back. And anyway, I enjoy watching the Oilers games, of course. I mean, I've lived in Edmonton. I've you know, played in the Western League, so I, I really pay attention to what goes on out there most of my a lot of my hockey formative years, you know. I mean I moved out west when I was fourteen and so it's like a second home really and, and not just Cornell, like most of the players in my <clears throat> team in Tri Cities, the vast majority were for Ed, from Edmonton. And uh I know I have a lot of Western leaguers listening to this. Well think about it. Just look at my team Tri-City Americans in those years. There was the odd, complete anomaly like myself, Brent Ashcroft, uh, Rochester, B.J. Young, Alaska, Scott Gomez, eventually Alaska. But, you know, Kerry Price played there after me, maybe four or five years later. Oh, God, I guess it was 10 years later, I suppose, was it? Yeah. Um, no, four or five, I guess he would have been 16. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, the point is, there were there were players from, and he's from Salmon NBC, but there there are players from out around. But I mean, it's the Western Hockey League; you get to draft from wherever. So I'm sure it's not like that anymore. That a team is so heavy with players from one place. But I mean, almost every single player for a couple of those years. Um, my roommate was Zenith Komarniski, Vegreville, Damon Lankow, right? I always talk about it, Brian Boucher was another guy that wasn't from there, but he was brought in from Rhode Island. Tri City thought. 
outside the box when it came to bringing in people from outside of Western Canada. But when it came to within Western Canada, our head scout was Scott Bonner. I mean, I know he was from Edmonton, but I mean, it was overloaded. Sheldon Surrey, pretty much anybody I've trans Sam with, I have here on the time on here all the time. Um, he was from Edmonton, Terry Degner, all their big players. So anyway, I always, and you know, I, I went, I used to train in the summers quite a bit with uh, university of Alberta because my buddies ended up going there, Ryan Marsh and, and the Hurleys and Jeff Lynch and a few more. So, you know, I spent some summers on white Avenue and I remember when they went on the playoff run in 06, was it? I flew out for that. So, the Oilers have always been near and dear to my heart. And I mean, I mean, I grew up in the eighties watching some of the best teams ever from Edmonton. But the thing is the game started at 1130. Well, that's the anthem. The game start like 1145 or so, man. And I'm a new, like PM for me three and a half hours earlier. So I, uh, I got to stay up till two, three, four in the morning, which of course isn't that big of a deal. I mean, first world problems, right? The last night went into overtime, albeit a short one, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not really complaining. Just it throws you off a little bit, but generally, you know, I thought about it. I only sleep at night, maybe four or five hours anyway. Then I get little naps during the day, like Kramer. I, I kind of joked with the boys, but that is, <clears throat> there's an episode of Seinfeld when I say like Kramer. I should uh, explain what that means. I enjoyed Seinfeld. I still think it holds up. It's pretty funny. It was groundbreaking at the time. A lot has happened in TV since, so it doesn't look so, I guess, innovative, but it certainly was at the time for many reasons. And there's one episode where Kramer just takes naps. He never gets a good night's sleep. I think every two hours he takes a 20-minute nap or something. But anyway. I kind of do that. My, my night sleeps are never eight hours, but they should be, I guess. I guess that depends on who you talk to. But uh, anyway, so I've enjoyed it and, and I've, I've never, and I guess where I'm forced to analyze the game, I've never really, you know, then because you got to dissect it in your mind a bit. It's subconscious, but, you know, you got to watch every play. You can't just watch the scores and then like cheat and watch a couple of highlights because you might have missed something huge. Um, and then I try to take in all the games because you want to be able, you know, want to point a reference for certain things. You're going to point things out. I mean, you can compare and contrast. And I mean, the, the, uh, until LA scored in overtime last night, I mean, what similar series, the, the Oilers and the Leafs, you know, and for Canadian hockey fans. And there's similarities in the in the Calgary series as well, but I think a little bit. You know, I mean, with with the Oilers and the Leafs, you got you know one A one B when it comes to you know dynamic duos. Uh, then you got, I mean, there's pressure on the Oil and on Toronto to to finally win a series with the best nucleus you've had in a while, right? Uh, they have similar teams. Um, Guys have played on both. Like Zach Hyman, you know, he's pretty much doing the same thing on one team as the other. Uh, there's a common denominator. Um, you know, the way they give up leads, the way they look dominant at times and then feeble at others within the same game, definitely within the same series. Uh, you know, there's, except now, you know, the Oilers are down three to two in the, the uh, Leafs are up 3-2. Um, but, uh, you know, that's playoffs. That's the way it goes. I'm rooting for both teams because, well, because I'm, I'm Canadian. I've got a comment on it. i supposed to not be biased, but, you know, first of all, on the, on the Leafs, I've got, like I've, I've said a thousand times, a buddy from Mount Pearl, Dave Roper, is the equipment manager, so you'd love to see him get a ring or at least some success in Toronto in the playoffs. It's not just the players, you know, everybody in the organization feels good from the secretaries to the, you know, to the treasurer, to the equipment managers, whatever it might be. Um, treasurer, why did that come to mind? I used to 
be a title on our like peewee hockey teams. I guess you wouldn't have one treasurer at the NHL, would you? But you know what I mean. I assume that given, you know, I've won things. And even though it was in the minors, everybody's more happy when you go in the office, the fans, the, the people that, you know, that you, you put time in, not just for a job. That's the great thing I find about the game. People that work in the office, like, you know, you can get a nine to five anywhere, but it must be a little bit of fun when you're going for a championship, you know, like you're just, you might go in and be the, I don't know, man, the video coach to the, you know, the, the travel agent. But as the team starts winning and going on a playoff run, everybody kind of gets excited. Now, that doesn't matter if you're in Toronto, Tri-Cities, Trenton, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Tampa Bay, wherever you are, whatever league it might be, it's a fun run. And uh, my favorite, funny, my favorite run I went on, I didn't win, but it was in Boise, Idaho. It was in the West Coast League. Now it's all the East Coast League. And, and I was hurt for most of it. I had a really bad ankle. That, well, that, that was the beginning of the end. That's when I busted my ankle and high ankle sprain that year. And that's essentially what ended my career. I, I would have, you know, I can talk about Montreal and things that happened there, but I, I fully expect I would have gotten. I mean, someone was going to give me a chance. Dallas were giving me a chance as, as it happened. I just, I busted my ankle in camp. So it was like a bittersweet year because I really loved the, the meeting people in Dallas. And I, I did think I was going to get back up. It felt like that. But I went to Boise, and you know, even though my I essentially learned as the year went by that my career was going to be over soon. Um, it was just a great little town, man. It was about city, but it was it was it reminded me a lot of St. John's in size and people's passion for the outdoors. And, uh, you know, there was no pro hockey team. Or pro anything for there was Boise State Broncos football team. I guess that draws up some interest as it should. And you know, and I'm sure the college sports there, I wasn't into them, but I mean, you know, whatever. I guess people got college to go see, but there's no big major team. Salt Lake City is the closest thing to it. I mean, we went and watched the Olympics. That's ours. I can't remember, but I think like two to four hours away at least. So People want to go see a sports game, man, and they go to see the Idaho Steelheads. Often sold out. Almost every game when we played there was sold out, uh, especially in the playoffs. And we lost in game seven to Fresno, who upset us. We were rated like, I remember it was either us or San Diego, and they got knocked off San Diego by uh, hot goalie David Mitchell, my buddy from PEI, Brody Coffin from PEI. Shout out to the boys. They also played there. Um, Corey Mullen played there, those Tri-City fans out there that listen. And anyway, they knocked us off, man, in seven games. I couldn't do much about it. I wasn't playing, but it was it was a really everybody in the town was hyped, man. Like I remember going and like I said, it was a bit of a dichotomy of the mind for me, if you want to put it that way. I, I was I was pumped to be in Boise, Idaho, and it was spring and it was so nice. My ankle just couldn't function, man. I, I couldn't just I, I couldn't play. That was frustrating, but it's not just about hockey, right? Like it's I still look back and go, you know, this time, 20 years ago, you know, I was sitting on a patio and having a coffee, reading the Boise paper, getting ready to go support the boys, right? Sit with the fans, have a few beers. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really was able to see the forest through the trees that way. I, I was really upset I couldn't play, but, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to go on a playoff run in a random American city? with your buddies and uh, with the fans. And it was just, a, it was a fun time. Um, when I say my favorite playoff run, I mean, of course, I, I don't want to disrespect the Orlando people or fans. We, we, we fucking won in Orlando. We didn't lose a game in the playoffs. Uh, the Orlando Seals, 203, which was the next season, to be honest with you. And, uh, I mean, how did I not, you know, it's not that I didn't enjoy that. It, it was a great time. We won. I mean, I guess, of course, winning was a different feeling. I mean, the Boise, it was closer. We went, I, I believe, game six, then game seven, game seven. No, no. Back-to-back -back game seven series, right? So, and every game was sold out. It seemed like it was the only talk of the town. 
Orlando, our fans were great. The, the fans we had, the owner was unbelievable. David Waronker. Um, Waronker, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I had buddies there that were really, really close to me. Zach Boyer and Ryan Skinny Anderson. I've had him in the program. Um, but the major, it, it almost felt like a dream there. It didn't feel like this so much. It, it felt like a dream because the Orlando Magic played it out of our building. So it was like a novelty. And we started selling out. Uh, at least I think they cut off the top section. But we were getting six to 10,000. I can't remember. Game it was packed. It was Orlando. It was a lot of fun. Um, but there, there seemed to be a lot of fun distractions. Daytona was like 45 minutes away. It was just every day. was It was a dream. That was a dream. And uh both, like, yeah, I can't say one was better than the other. How could I? That was, uh, Boise felt like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Orlando felt like um, hockey heaven. <clears throat> um, you know, you, you're playing the greatest sport out there with a lot of buddies, pro players in a great city. Come outside and there's palm trees. Um, there was really not much adversity. And we, we, we won every single game, like I said. I went there. I shot my ankle up with cortisone. I, I, that was after Boise, so I knew it was all over, but I wanted one more playoff run. So I, uh, I shot it with cortisone and went down. I only played the last nine games, I think, and then playoffs, and we won every single game. It was uh, and not that it was due to me going there. Everybody wanted to play in Orlando. Why wouldn't you? And it was the Atlantic Coast League. At the time, there was the Atlantic Coast League, the West Coast League, and the East Coast League. It all ended up blending together, and now it's the ECHL. Um, there's always, you know, the Central League. I think that's still around, the International League. Southern Pro League now, I think, takes took the place of a lot of those Atlantic Coast League teams. But I, I didn't give a shit, man. It was pro hockey. But I was getting paid. Uh, I knew my career was over, so it was fun to go out winning and, uh, you know, experience the American South. You know, I, I still say that <clears throat> a lot of people that haven't been there, you know, you love it or hate it, or, or, or if you get into politics or, or you know, weather, there, there's a lot of things that are divisive. Some people, you know, don't appreciate their politics. Some people think it's too hot. Uh, some people think it's too rural or, or, you know, not Orlando, but some places um, in those southern states. But I, I like taking it all in. They've been nice to me. I generally don't think much about politics when I'm there. It doesn't really come up that much. Uh, the last time I was in the American South was a month ago. I was in Nashville and, you know, you bring up your Canada, you play hockey and we've been treated real well. You know, I've lived all over the United States. Some places, there was some parts of certain places that, yeah, I did feel threatened. It wasn't a race thing. It was more of a, a poverty thing and certain places you know, you might have more of one ethnicity than another, but, it, you know, if they don't have any money, they're probably going to be pissed off, right? So what we often would do on these teams that I played on, but, you know, each team has a community program to get your name out there in the community and to work with charitable organizations because that helps everybody. Everybody wins in that situation. So most players volunteer for that. I've often said, the tough guys always would. So those who, you know, think fighting so barbaric and everything else, just look, I'm saying there's something to be said for there's just as many or more concussions now with less fighting, although it is on a bit of an uptick. And those guys did a lot off the ice. They were the most charitable with their time and their money. I'll always, you know, that, that there's one thing I take away from that era, the, the era of the goon, if you want to call it that, um, I don't really like using that word, but if you want to call it that, um, you know, those guys were always in the room, happy to have their, you know, to have a place in professional hockey. Uh, they usually ran the tunes, uh, you know, there for you always out to di for dinner with the boys for a good story. Upbeat. I mean, almost every tough guy I played with, because that goes with the territory. If you're going to be out there taking punches off the fit, if you're going to be sacrificing, you know, your body, every hockey player is in a way, but if you're going to be bare knuckle fighting for teammates, then you're probably that kind of person. They probably got you there in the first place. 
you were probably the person that stuck up for the boys on the playground and the girls. You know? So, for all you new agers that spit at the TV every time you see a body check or a fight, turn the other channel waiting for the era to slowly ease into your expectations. Remember that those people were the most selfish players that there are, there were. And I can say that having experienced a little bit of both of, of two or three eras, really. Um, I mean, yeah. So uh, anyway, and, and, and wherever I did play, all over, you know, from Hershey to Long Beach, uh, Boise, Kennewick, Washington, Orlando, Florida, you know, Fredericton, New Brunswick, all these are minor league cities, right? Boise, Idaho, Colorado Springs, Colorado. You don't hear much about them, but there's a hockey base there. There's a fan club. There's a booster club. There's a local TV station and there's someone that you know or close to you or one of your friends that's down there making a living and slowly going about their business, getting paid great money. You won't hear about them on TV tonight, but those are the success stories. There's, and not only that, that's professionally. Then there's all the colleges and universities, junior A teams that people are out there young kids from Canada and all over the world that, uh, you know, just get out to live on their own and are supported by a local fan base. That's what makes the hockey world go round. I often, th I was always thinking of that. I, I, <clears throat> every time I go into a, a rink in small town Canada, you know, I can, I can almost feel the presence of all the hockey history. And even though you might not have ever seen one game in there, you know you've all collectively watched the same things. I could go in and talk about Brad Richards in the 2004-05 Stanley Cup for Tampa Bay getting the Conn Smythe or Wayne Gretzky, uh, shorthanded goal top shelf against Mike Fernan against Calgary 1987-88 or Mario Lemieux top shelf in the 1987 Canada Cup in Hamilton. Canada goes wild. These people have seen the same things I have, so... I just love it. Wherever you go, and, and this goes for, I mean, a lot of sports in a lot of different places. I just, my experience has been with hockey. So wherever I go, and those who know me know this, and uh, you know, if I'm in a small town, I always go to the local rink, check it out, even just to walk through. Often, often, often in the summer, even if it's uh, Portage La Prairie, I remember doing it with Aaron. Uh, gosh, um, you know, a, a dozens and dozens of times, just walk through the rink, even if there's no ice on it. I really do get a feeling, you know, I walk through the rink and get the, you try to almost relive the sights and sounds and then you wiki it and see who played there. And, you know, you, you almost feel them scoring a goal or getting in a fight or whatever it might be. But again, that's, I don't know if that's me or, or my, my, my love of hockey or my love of Canada or my appreciation for the fact that I got to, I got paid to play a game that I still look up to so much. And uh, yeah, I never did think I'd be talking about it on the radio or the, the podcasts, as you'd say. Um, Now, as far as those games, I don't even know what to comment. Uh, Leafs, a little bit of luck, right? A little bit of luck, but you need that. They played well, but Jesus, they left it late. But one of these years, like I said, if you string all these games together, they haven't won in 18 years. Like the, the luck has to go your way at some point. Now, they've twice had three uh, in those 18 years, at least twice that I can think of, had leads like this, being they've had three games won and not the fourth. But you can love them or hate them, right? Uh, you can see an evolution there. Uh, 
whatever happens, there's an evolution, even if they get beat the next two games because their best players did. Like last night, Tavares, who's supposed to do it, that everybody was down on, he did it. They were down on Nylander. Nylander made the worst. I could, I, the softest play I've ever seen in the history of hockey two nights ago or two games ago. Uh, if, you, if you follow the NHL, you know what I'm talking about. He bailed on a hit with Chernak. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And immediately, yes, I would bench him if I was the coach. It's a bad example. I couldn't believe when the, the people that the, the, the analytics lovers. And again, there's something to be said for analytics. But don't tell me that he was he putting his body on the line. It's five, nothing, whatever. Like, fuck off. It's still an example. You can't let anybody know that that's acceptable. Or people will do it. Do you think everybody wants to get hit? No. And if one of the best players on the team and in the league can do that and keep playing, then I can do it too, coach. No, fuck off. That was an awful look. I don't know, man. Like, I want to bench a guy for the series, but he's example A last night. You know, the next game, he snipes the go-ahead goal, which was pivotal, and uh, played awesome. He is extremely soft when he wants to be. But I got to think you learned from your mistakes. He must have heard that. It must have looked awful. It, it's, it, when people ask me, or with, there was a lot of people on Twitter, you know, the new agers, I get it. I get, I get what you're saying. You know, he's going to go in. He's going to get hit by a big guy. Yeah, but I mean, on the ice, man, it's a battleground. And, you know, it's, you, you're, you talk and, and, and you're, you express yourself by example. The other team is going to eat you up. I, I wouldn't, I, I would take the hit there. I would take a crushing there. And I know sometimes you put yourself in a bad position and that's it, but you just got to take it because it's a lot. But once Corey Perry and fucking Kalorn and the, and down the list Maroon saw that, Oh man, man, you're going to chirp. Your whole team is going to take it for that. Now it's great. They responded well, they did, but. You don't want to do that, man. You let all your teammates down and the chirps just start. and The game starts to, the ice starts to feel tilted and the other team starts to feel bigger. And, you know, when your main players are acting like pussies, really. I mean, I'm not saying chop someone in the head or pull a bird dog or even fight them. But sometimes you've got to take a hit. That's just it. That's just it. And, and when late in those games, I know what it's like. And you can, you can, there's ways around it. Like for me, you know, I play left wing for the most part. And if I'm playing left wing and we're breaking out, say, right. It's hemmed in our zone, but we're trying to get out of the zone and I'm open on the wall. But if I'm high up the wall and I take the breakout pass, I know the defenseman might run me over. That's essentially why I had to retire because that play there hurt. I had a high ankle sprain on, on the high, the outside part of my left ankle. So I couldn't get out of that. I couldn't get out of the way anymore. And I was getting hammered. I could still like, you know, it's a fine line when people say, oh, your ankle was bad, man. It was like I was had a, like a walking boot on for three years or I had crutches. No, that wasn't the case. I lost a step coming off that wall. Right. So. And that's when guys like Dion Phaneuf and, you know, well, anybody really. But I mean, guys like that open ice hitters were having a field day because I couldn't break out. But what I'm saying is that there's ways around it. If it's late in the game and it's five, nothing, I'm a winger. I go way down in the corner. So the, the, the D almost got to make like a lateral pass over to me. You know what I mean? Like, so there's no way the D is going to come down. It's a wuss play, but it's five to nothing. And it's not as obvious as bailing out when it goes in the corner, you know, take it and maybe wrap it around or there's ways around it. But once in a while it hits your stick and it bounces into that no man's land and you're in a race with Scott Stevens type of a guy, right? And you just got to go, you know what? I got to take this hit. It happens maybe once every few games, right? Like if I want to keep myself out of harm's way, I can. I can go out and put myself in the lane and, you know, look like I want to block a shot, but I can, I can, uh, you know, I can avoid it. My God searching for a word you know i can avoid it and i'm not saying i did that all the time but you know if the game's on the line in the playoffs i'll block it with my bare shin 
But if it's five nothing, I got to be honest, I found a way to get out of the way. But it wouldn't be obvious if you do the flamingo, then it's a bad, you know, it, it gives momentum to the other team. So anything just to not give momentum to the other team. Right. But I mean, that was fucking ridiculous. Now, that being said, he came back. So what do you say? Even though it was the most wuss play I've ever seen, he fucking came back and he went to the net hard last night a couple of times. So you got to pat him on the back, whether you love the Leafs or you fucking hate him. Now, if you do hate them, uh, I still think it's going to go seven. And then I don't know. I don't think Tampa's going to fold at home. But anyway, you know, if you do hate them, chances are you love the Habs. Um, well, the Habs fucking won last night, didn't they? First overall for the first time in I don't know how long. I, I couldn't think of, so I guess I could have just Googled it. I fucking hate doing that, though, you know? I don't like looking at my phone like it is, as it is. So I don't answer a lot of messages lately like that are not important and i don't uh google stuff as much i say to myself what used to happen you know if i didn't know something it's not the end of the world but uh i don't remember in recent history the habs i'm going back to 1980 okay so i know they didn't have anybody first overall did wickenheiser go anyway there you go, some trivia. Look it up. But they haven't had one in a long, 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 long time. And it seems like the right time, not just because they finished where they did, but, you know, you add Shane Wright, who I assume they're going to pick. I mean, knowing, <laughs> yeah, knowing the Habs, you never know what they're going to do. Oh, just one second. There's my ex-wife. Hello, Danielle. I'm, I'm literally on the air. What's up? Okay, no sweat. I'm here. Just uh, thanks for the coffee. See you soon. I had to borrow Danielle's car. Mine is a flat. And it's real nice here. And to be honest, I've been, uh, unless I absolutely need to, that's uh, the first week, I guess, of, of real spring. 14, 15, 16 degrees. I've been riding my bike everywhere. I fucking love doing that. And uh, I just love this time of year, man, for so many reasons. Playoffs puts the, is the icing on the cake. Um, on my podcast tomorrow, I'm going to have Ryan McDonald again. So I had him on in like episode 80 something when I was in Sudbury, but I'm not sure uh, anybody really knew who he was at that point. Not that you need to always know who. I mean, I know looking at the numbers that people listen to the podcast often just to find out who people are. It's not like you got to know these people on the way in. But Shorzy comes out on Friday. He plays Michaels. I'm not even sure what his first name is in the show, but I know his last name is Michaels. Um, you know, he's our. He's our coach, and uh, amongst other things, you'll see as, as it plays out. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have him on. You know, talk a bit about Shorzy. Jared Kiso doesn't do much of this. I've had a 1,000 people requesting, when's Jared going to do it? You know, he just doesn't do a lot of this stuff. Uh, you check it out, he doesn't do a lot at all. I mean, barely any. So I give him his space. I don't need a, a quote or anything. like that. And, and I think if I pushed him, he might consider it, but that's his thing, and he's got his reasons, and I'm cool with that. He's not on social media a lot either, either, and, uh, you know, there are all kinds of reasons that I think are all great that I could think of that I wouldn't want to be on social media or go on a podcast either. Uh, you know, and he's certainly in a different place. He creates the show. He's responsible for so much more. He's doing Letterkenny. He's doing Shorzy. He's writing. He's producing. He's creating. You know, he's doing so much. So, um, you know, that's at least, guys, those who ask, that's on hold for a long time. Uh, Jordan Nolan, I think, and Nasty Marasty, I'm going to have on at some point uh, for sure. Uh, the boys, I'll see them on Friday. I'm flying up to Montreal for a day. We're doing the 
I guess the premiere up there. Um, and I'll be back here in St. John's right after Saturday. So Friday, I'm looking forward to, I'll see everybody then and sort it out, but I think I'm just going to have Ryan on tomorrow. The other reason is because Ryan and I are going to start a podcast of our own and we're going to talk about, it's not going to be, you know, tales with TR volume two. It'll be him and I talking about, you know, we're, we're going to incorporate the film industry. Now it's not going to be two pretentious acting assholes that are, comparing the Maltese Falcon to Citizen Kane in 30s film noir and talking about which is better when contrasted with Clark Gable's top three movies made overseas. That's not going to be what we're doing, okay? But we might say, you know, the best sports movies and why. We might have people on from Shorzy. Um, we might have NH NHL players on and talk about their favorite movies, you know what I'm getting at? So we're going to, everything's going to have some level of entertainment value to it outside the hockey world. And most of it will come back in on Shorzy. But, you know, there's just so much content out there. And I always said for the right reason, I'll do another one. I just didn't, you know, I couldn't think of a, a reason to do another podcast. This feels like one. Uh, I'm not sure the name of it. We got to talk. That's why we're not going to. I'm literally going to start this in a week or two. We are, I should say. But uh, we're going to talk to the Bell Media people this Friday because, you know, there's certain issues when you talk about naming and rights. And uh, I understand they wouldn't want us to call it, you know, the Ted Hitchcock podcast. That's directly rep representing Bell Media. And I don't want to do that. I, I just don't want the responsibility. Even if they let me do that, I don't want to do that. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to say things and always be looking over my shoulder. I mean, I, technically, I do that enough anyway. But no one can cancel me right now. If you look back, if you've been following me for two years, two and a half, you'll know that, you know, I got fired from Mill Street Brewery for that. I got I got canceled, basically, you know, I, I was, uh, and all I did, I was doing a, like, an, I used to do little ads on my, or, you know, posts on my social media. And I did one that everybody liked. I talked about drafts and I know drafts. I was a draft bus. My favorite draft is Mill Street draft. But at the end, I uh, chugged the beer and I spit my tooth into the glass and the fucking, and I got called in. It wasn't even, it was here in Newfoundland. I got called into Labatt and like the Bat Brewery, because we're affiliated. And like, I got all kinds of friends in there. It was so embarrassing. I thought I was getting promoted because everybody loved it. I, I, it's on my Instagram stories. If you ever want to look at the, or what are they called? The, you know, whatever they are, they're, they're uh, Instagram, the little packages. Jesus Christ, am I nuts? Am I nuts? Hold on. What am I talking about? One, two, three, the, uh... oh, I don't know. They're just sitting above like my, they're sitting above like my posts. It's like a collection of stories. Um, oh, highlights there, highlights. So if you go back into mine, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see one that I did. Yeah, two and a half years ago. And I mean, I thought it was funny. I wouldn't have posted it. And they did. No one complained. And I was actually improving business. I mean, there was a ghost town when I went there. It wasn't much better, but I did come up with some decent ideas and I had some good support. I had Ron McLean come in there and Bob Cole, like one of the first days I worked there. Um, I incorporated the Newfoundland Growlers, into, which only made sense. It was across the street from Mile One Center where they play. And there was no like affiliation with the team so you know i can't remember but give all the boys free wings or a free beer and you know they're going to come and then they'll spend money after that i mean it's just business 101 I, I i'm not good with numbers or anything but i mean i guess i can get people into an establishment so given the right opportunity but anyway i was doing all that i don't think locally they really wanted me to be fired although i could be wrong on that it didn't feel like that 
But uh, yeah, dude called me from Toronto and he was on a TV screen and, you know, we did like FaceTime. And he's like, yes, basically. It was very short. It's just like you're gone. You can't do that. So I get the whole fucking woke cancel culture bullshit. I do. Some is justified, though, you know, <laughs> some is justified. I don't want to get into that argument, but most nowadays that falls under the cancellation or whatever is, I think, just the specter, the pendulum has swung too far one way. I, I Look, look at what I did and tell me that I should have been fired for that. Now, there was no negative pushback, nothing. Uh, Twitter, it was my most, whatever they call it, you know, retweeted or fucking liked or whatever the hell it is. Most engaged post. Uh, there was literally thousands of comments across the platforms. I didn't see one bad and I got fired for it. So anyway, shit happens. I don't even know why I brought that up, but uh, I did. Oh, yeah. Talking about the podcast. So now that I don't work for anybody but the Hockey Podcast Network, which is very uncensored when it comes to that stuff, I don't feel... Like I can, like, I don't feel I have to censor myself at least to a degree, you know? And, uh, cause I did feel like that for a while, um, after I got fired, especially, um, so when I do this with McD, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be censored or anything. I just don't want to have to be responsible for that. If I, if I, if I ask them, can we call it the Sudbury Bulldogs podcast? And can I be Ted Hitchcock? I'm assuming the answer would be no anyway, but even if it was, yes, I don't want to do that because I'm representing somebody and I got to say certain things. And every second week, knowing the nature of my mouth, I'm going to say something that somebody somewhere gets offended by. I always try to, see both sides and like i'm not trying to play both sides of the fence when you hear me I'm, I'm being honest with you i always try to see both points of view which is why i often land in the middle you know if there's two million people in one place and one million th people think this and one million people think this then there, there's probably a middle ground that makes sense right so when it comes to hockey opinions or politics and voting or um you know, opinions or as a citizen or, or as an athlete or whatever it might be. I always try to hear both sides of it. I mean, that, that's what I want out of a politician. I voted every different which way in my life. I really have. I think just sticking with the party just to do it is stupid. What are you saying? That they're always right? That is, that's ridiculous if you think about it. So don't let hate get in the way of logic. Uh, and, and I mean, I've been guilty of it at times, but I really do try to try to open my mind to even the most ridiculous points of view. And once in a while, you'll be surprised, you know. That's what I want out of my politicians, though, right? I mean... I want to be able to talk to a politician about an issue and not feel alienated because of, of, of an opinion I have. And I can think of major examples on both sides. Uh, if you're in the United States and you're a Republican, let's stay away from Trump, Ron DeSantis in Florida. You know, some of his ideas, I get it, but... You know, you, you, you bring something up that he disagrees with and it's just like, fuck you and I'll fucking burn you and your fucking house down, you goddamn asshole. And Jesus, man, settle down. Right. Justin Trudeau uh, here in Canada. A couple of comments I saw during what was it? Their last final fucking meltdown or lockdown a few months ago. He said, well, you know, if you basically what he said is if you don't get a vaccine, you're an idiot, basically. I mean, how stupid is that? I mean, I got my vaccine again. I got my beliefs. It's fine. But if you didn't, you're not an idiot. Chris Nyland didn't. He's not an idiot. I think whatever his reasoning was, I mean, I don't know if I'd. Uh, there, there's all kinds of reasons. If I had a, uh, there's all kinds of internal health problems people have. And 
I tell you, if that was me, I would be talking to my doctor about it. And again, though, I believe one thing and I, I do believe it to be true, but I don't fucking hate you for thinking the other thing. And I don't think you should be fucking called an idiot by the prime minister. And it was something like that. I'm not slandering. I'm not making that up. He really. Uh, you know, it was condescending. Right. Uh, the media. Bends things out of shape each way nowadays. Um, and the reason I didn't fully get behind the truckers because there was some extremists there. But for the most part, people were concerned citizens. I mean, they should be listened to now. After it all ended and they got what they wanted, get the fuck out of town, boys, because you're disrupting. You know what I mean? You're disrupting people. But I'm just saying there was all kinds of people. You don't get that big of a rally and not like the Trump fucking bullshit. January 6th, the insurrection. I mean, come on, you can't defend that. But there were people that are concerned. They might be misled, but they're concerned citizens. They don't all want to kill, you know, that. I could I could go down the list if you're listening to this and you're on one side or the other and you're extreme. Just if I could if I get through to one person, because I think it's going to be the fucking end of us is is intolerance. And how anybody can be intolerant nowadays, I don't know, because I do all kinds of things that are polarizing. And if people didn't tolerate it, I wouldn't get out the door. I never would have gotten to be Shorzy in the first place. There you want polarizing. Tune into Shorzy because we're going to offend a lot of people. But I like that Jared it, it, it does that with a is very creative about how he goes ahead, goes and, and does it. You know, I mean, the TV comedians nowadays under siege or, or imagine TV writers having to worry about what you're you're writing for a character. Right. So the character like Archie Bunker. People look back, whatever. I can't remember that actor's name, but, the, you know, they might. You know what? He's he's dead and he's a major guy. I got to look him up. I, I got to give him the respect he deserves. Hold on. Archie Bunker. Carol O'Connor. OK, now you look at an interview with Carol O'Connor and. And the other roles he played, he seemed like a real nice man, right to me. I hope now he didn't, someone didn't meet to him last year or some shit, and I didn't know about it anyway. I'm going to say, if, if nothing, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. So he was playing a character. The comedy is that, uh, that Archie was a bigot. That's the, that's the humor. But I know that in certain channels nowadays, you wouldn't be able to put that out there. So, and I think that's bizarre, man, because you're writing anything should be. I mean, Schindler's List is a movie. Now, I'm not saying everything's censored. That's why I'm glad we're with Bell Media. There's a very, very long leash. But I won't name certain organizations or channels or systems, whatever it would be. But there's, you know, there are many out there that there's a lot of censorship. Now, I, I just... I, I, I can see in certain situations and that would require 10 hours of this podcast, of course. But whenever you're writing fiction, I, I, I can't see it. I, you could the extremes are the extremes. You, you take your opinion and. You know, and th that's why the freedom of speech, man, that's what democracies thrive on. Uh, so. I mean, these days that comedians, comedians on stage getting grilled for their opinions. They're, they're comedians. Most of the shit they're saying is often just made up stuff to, to, to get the, you know, their stories. Watch David Spade's latest special. Almost every, I mean, that's not true, right? He's got a way to, but he shouldn't be scrutinized for it. Even if it is, there, there are some that are more uh, politicized than others. Dave Chappelle, right? Everybody's got that opinion and his transphobia, whatever, but you don't have to fucking watch it. It's a pride. Like he's he's going on stage. You don't want to watch it. Don't watch it. If you do. It's a guy with an opinion. He doesn't have a gun. He's got an opinion. 
I mean, fuck. I mean, Dennis Miller, he's got an opinion. Jimmy Kimmel, right? They have a fucking opinion. You got to be able to respect it. Oh, I'm just rambling. I've been rambling ever since, Danielle. You know what? I just moved. I just moved into this house and we're kind of helping. We're chipping away at it. And I got to go on with Ryan Rashog soon anyway. So I'm going to end it here. Are you here for a sec? Okay. Oh, but I, I, oh, in your car. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you know what? I can walk up. I can't drive, though, because my tire's flat. No, no, no. I have the car. If you want to follow me. Okay, I will, yeah. Let yeah. me wind this up, okay? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this has been... I honestly don't remember. Let me see. Is this episode 101 or 102? That's where I am today, Danielle. And I got to do, like... Not much. I got to do Rashogs now, like, in a, in a minute. And then I'm doing Mitch Melnick. TSN Edmonton later or Montreal later. Okay, this is episode one. One oh two a. Episode one oh two a. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out Green Sleeves Downtown Uptown Trinity Pub Bull and Barrel. The Rob Roy and TJ's. Check those out. Those are the bars I'll be hanging out at. Blue on Water Downtown Merchant Tavern. You can't get any better place to grab a bite to eat. Why not? Check it out. Support local. Always support local. Penny Posh Designs. Women's Wear Reimagined. Check it out. Uh, great hoodies. Now they got great coveralls. And, of course, if you order, I will throw in a, a book for an ultra low, low, low price. Check it out. Just email me, terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That also goes for books. If you want either one of my books signed and sent to you, Send me an email. We'll talk. TerryRyan2020 at gmail.com. This has been episode 102A. Coming at you tomorrow will be 102B with Ryan McDonald of Shorzy coming to you Friday on Crave. Finally, May 13th, Hulu, May 27th in the United States. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Happy playoffs. See you tomorrow. Hockey 